Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Croft. We're coming to you from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and you're on Small Business IT Radio. Small Business IT Radio is brought to you on the blogtalkradio.com network, broadcasting to the world on the World Wide Web. Small Business IT Radio is a weekly show geared towards the small business IT professional or IT professionals looking to get into, uh, into business for themselves or have an established business and they're just looking for somewhere to turn for some assistance and guidance and getting them in the right direction. This is not really a technical show, more focused on the business aspects of what we do day-to-day, how we service our clients, hey, how do we take care of ourselves, and uh, lead our lives down the road uh, for success. It's all about creating a life, not necessarily creating a living. So welcome to Small Business IT Radio uh, on, on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Our special guest today is a, a very close business acquaintance and friend of mine, uh, Mr. Andrew Barber Starkey hails from uh, the Vancouver area, North Vancouver to be precise, and uh, he is my personal uh, coach. Andrew and I work very closely on getting me to the level where I want to achieve in my business life, and hey, that spills over into the personal life and how everything all comes together. And one thing I like about Andrew, he does have a technology background. He worked at Vnic, uh, Xerox Canada for a number, uh, a number of years or period of time, and he's uh, had a successful career in corporate sales, and he's trained a number of people on, on sales and, uh, and now coaching, of course, as an executive coach for, within, with the pro coach, uh, the pro coach system, which I am a member of. So I'd like to welcome Andrew to the show this morning. Good morning, Andrew. How are things uh, on the West Coast today? Well, for a change, it's just clear and sunny. It's just absolutely magical. I can see the water from uh, my office here, and it's calm. It's just a magical day. We've had uh, we had snow, which is pretty much all unheard of for Vancouver this time of year, and we had lots and lots and lots of rain. For those of you in the warmer climates, you can uh, just appreciate how bad that would be. So uh, it's great to see the sun out today and, and uh, beautiful, crisp fall day. Yeah, we've had the we have the sun out here in Calgary too, which is uh, remarkable because we've been in the in the minus negative teens or the negative teens for the all for all week, and it's kind of nice and getting a little bit of a warm spell. So keep pumping that warm arrow to the to the prairie here. I was going to say the, the rain the rain actually is preferable to the minus fifteen minus twenty you guys have been getting. So I'll I'll stay here. Thanks. Okay, no problem. So um, Andrew, tell us a little bit about your career. I mean, I kind of give a quick uh, overview there. But uh, enlighten us on you know where Andrew started and where you are today, and what was that journey like? Well, it, it was kind of interesting because I went to um, technical school to become a hotel manager. I did hotel management technology and got really wrapped up. I was about 21 years old and was working my tail off. And actually, um, I, I, me and my boss were working one day, and we went out. Um, we worked really late at night, and then we went out that night. We had a couple of drinks. And the next morning, I got a phone call from the company president, and my boss had died overnight. And unbeknownst to me, he had a drinking problem, and I, I guess he'd gone home after our meeting and had a few more beers than we'd had and lay back on the couch and, and, you know, the gag reflex thing. But he was 36 years old. He had two kids, and I went, you know what? I'm 19. If I'm only going to live to 36, I'm going to do a heck of a lot more than, than the work that I'm doing. And I quit my job, and I went to Europe, and I didn't actually um, work in the traditional way for about 10 years. I... Um, traveled around, and then um, shortly after that, I got very involved in hang gliding, became a really accomplished hang glider pilot. In fact, for those that are in the Calgary area, you'll um, know we may talk about this a little later when we talk about the accelerators, but 
Um, I actually flew a hang glider from Invermere over to Lake Louise, which was across the Rocky Mountains, the first person ever to, to transverse the Rocky, Rocky Mountains on a hang glider. And then I kind of went back into, into the business world after that, and as you mentioned, I worked in Xerox um, in sales, learned a ton. There's so much that can be learned, and I really got wrapped up in learning how to be um, skillful at, at serving my clients in sales, did that, and then uh, that was when I did, shortly after that I discovered that I really wanted to help small business people be successful. And so um, I was trying to figure out how to do that, and a friend of mine came to me and said, Andrew, I'm starting a, a small company on my own, and um, you know, I'd really I need some help creating a creating a business plan. How are we going to do that? And you know, would you help me develop my sales my sales part of it? And I went, absolutely. And so we built this uh, this sales plan for her business. She was just starting out, and she went out. And what I noticed is when she got her she got her first sale, she landed it, and I was more excited than she was. And so this was 1980, uh, 1993, I came up with the idea of coaching, of actually helping small business owners become more successful, uh, because I just loved it so much, and uh, what it, the results that she got, I was so excited by. So um, I've been actually coaching executives and small business owners full-time ever since, so that must be, I guess, 14 years. And, you know, at first it was a little bit of a challenge, but I actually thought I'd made up the profession of coaching. Now business coaching's a, a big deal, but... Back then, I'd never heard of it. I was going to say that you're probably one of the pioneers because I, I in the early I, '90s, no coaching I was I uh, nowhere it. near as popular as it is today. That's right. I figured I invented the whole thing, but it turns out I didn't. And of course, now there's hundreds of thousands of, of coaches out there. Um, but about eight years ago, the International Coach Federation did honor my contribution and, and um, the fact that I've been around for so long and awarded me the designation of a Master Certified Coach. Uh, of which there's only a couple of hundred in the world, so that really is an honor. Uh, and then in '99, I was coaching away and with on, entrepreneurs, and I met an up-and-coming speaker and trainer named T. Harvecker, and I know that you've met him, uh, Stuart. And uh, so he hired me as his personal coach to work on business strategies. And at the time, he had one person working for him. He was working up from his home. Well, that was that was '99, uh, and now, of course, he's got about I don't know 150, 200 people working for him. His his book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, has been to number one on the New York Times bestseller list. You know, he's just been, he really went all the way. But um, back then he was, a, you know, sort of getting started as a speaker and trainer, and he asked me to, if I could create a, a coaching program for his, his training clients. And and so, um, you know, I, we talked about what he wanted, and he was really, uh, most of his clients were entrepreneurs, people that were, you know, working self-employed uh, or small business owners, sales commission salespeople, stuff like that. And I said, yeah, I can create a sales, uh, a sales focused or a success focused program, a system for that. And so we formed a business partnership and, and uh, designed, I designed a program. And it just, it, it's a systematic approach. It takes, it uses a, a series of workbooks. We have live seminars. We have online uh, telephone coaching. Uh, we do newsletters, website. There's all a whole comprehensive system and, um, you know, I'm not associated with Harv anymore, but we've had over 4,000 people in total use the system, and the, the results are just fantastic. It just keeps people focused. And so um, the, more I, the more I work with this, of course, the more the refi- I refine the system, and as you know, as a user of it, it just, for those of us that are on our own, we're our own worst enemy. And so it's been a real thrill to create this system that I use and all my clients use and 
typically, as you know, that our members will double their income and double their time off in three years. So that's kind of the how I got to where I'm at today. And that's an awesome system, Andrew. I have to admit, and uh, even myself, you know, just getting into it, uh, and it really, it really keeps me accountable, keeps me on track, keeps me focused. So the first time we met, you were hosting an event here in Calgary called the uh, Seven Success Accelerators, and that's when I. You know, I went to that event and instantly said, this is the, the guy i got to link up with to get me to the next level. And, uh, you know, signed up on the spot there, which was great. And we've been working together for the last, well, probably 13 months now. That's, that's what I want to kind of focus on today is these seven success accelerators. And, you know, bringing what I learned that evening in a two-and-a-half-hour presentation that you did to a 50-minute radio program, if we start to start right now, and share that knowledge with everybody who's uh, listening live on the on our call today or on our, on our program today or downloading this via iTunes, and you can get it through uh, smallbusinessitradio.com. And there is a, a dial-in number if you happen to have any questions for Andrew or myself. You can dial in at area code 646-716-8372. Uh, again, that number is 646-716-8372. And ask uh, Andrew or myself any questions uh, related to our topic today. So, Andrew, let's just dive right in because, you know, I want to squeeze all these in if possible. We've got like six or seven minutes per uh, per topic here. But before we get in there, I want to kind of clarify what is business coaching for those that may be uh, new to that term. What is uh, business coaching? Okay, good good question. Well, first of all, you know, if you just think about a, a sports coach, is it, you know, probably the best way to start, um, What's the purpose uh, if if an individual athlete, if they're going for the Olympics or um, trying to trying to achieve some kind of a athletic endeavor, they hire a coach. And why do they do that? The coach doesn't do it for them. Um, you know, they have to do it themselves. Um, the coach doesn't make them achieve potential they don't have. It can't it can't get them to do things that are impossible for them. But the idea of of an athletic coach is that it provides some guidance some education, and um, a lot of support in helping a person achieve their full potential. So whatever is possible for them to reach their maximum. And, of course, we'll hear a lot of times in sports about, you know, winning isn't the only thing. The most important thing is to, is to play your best possible game. And I think the same is true in, in business. Those of us that are entrepreneurs that set out and, and said we're not going to just take a, a regular job, we're actually going to run our own businesses, there, in some ways, we're always measuring ourselves and, and saying to ourselves, how are we doing? And we know, every one of us knows we have the potential to achieve more than we are now. And the idea of having a business coach is to support you to reach that potential and basically to achieve your goals and, and even dreams in your business uh, faster and with less effort. And by the way, I love what you said. It's not, you know, it's not just about building a business. It's about building a life. To me, it's easy to it's easy to increase your sales or become more successful in your business if you sacrifice other parts of your life. But actually, to have it all—that's what I really want for people, and that's really what coaching is about: is making sure that you're doing what nurtures you, and at the same time achieving your fullest possible potential. Everything that's possible, and you know this, Stuart. What what holds us back in our life? It's ourselves. With, Absolutely. You know, you know I, I know that the biggest obstacle to me, you know, writing my million-selling book and being on Oprah and all of that, is my own personal fears and limitations. So that's what coaching is about. And, 
you know, I know you, we want to talk about the 7 Success Accelerators. Can I just give, put a little context to that? Absolutely. Go for it. Well, what happened is as I started, um, I'd been, been kind of very goal-oriented and studying success principles and so on, even before I started coaching in 93. So I had a pretty good foundation. I've taken a lot of training, like several hundred thousand dollars worth of personal development and, and business, business training. And um, it, throughout that, I started to develop some, some principles. I, I found some pieces of this is so, this is so, this is what is going to help people get where they want to go faster. And um, over time, I realized that there were seven principles. And when I designed my system, the ProCode Success System, we, um, all seven of those are actually built into it. So this, the pieces we're going to talk about today are really the foundation of this, princi- of this program that I've created that uh, we've had all of these people use to double their income and double their time off. But what's interesting is they don't have to know the seven principles. If they're just using the workbooks as you are, they, it automatically causes them to learn and use those things without, without really realizing it. But the lecture that you attended, the seven success accelerators, any person, it, it doesn't even matter if they're a business person, any person who wants to get, get more, get where they're going faster, accelerate the results, these are the seven principles which will help them do it. Perfect. And so, you know, with that kind of setting the stage here, let's just dive in. So the first thing I remember, Andrew, when I was uh, attending your lecture was, I think if I'm, it was number one prioritized or something like that, am I on the right track here? Well, yeah, absolutely. And here's what I find. And this, again, you know, remembering that the program that I've designed is for what I call results-based income earners, which are people that get paid based on their results, which is certainly any entrepreneur, IT person listening to this call who has their own business or is in commission sales. So if you, if you earn more money from, from being more effective, then you know, that's the kind of person I work with. And here's what I typically see. Is that, that it's beautiful to work on our own. We have this freedom. We have this you know, flexibility to do what we want when we want. But we're terrible at managing ourselves. And, Stuart, of course, I know you're not like that at all. Well, I don't, well, well, we can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe we better talk about that a little later. But, no, seriously, all of us, I mean, for those of you that are listening, how many of you have ever found yourself doing something that's not the best use of your time when you have much more important things to do and you, you, know, you know you should be doing something else, and yet you're not? You're not. I mean, how many are, are procrastinating um, and, and so on? And, uh, you know, it's like... We're not the best at managing ourselves. And, you know, if you imagine, for example, it's just a, a little example here. If you've been away from your work for a couple of days and you, and you come back, there's a big pile of work sitting on your desk, you know, just the whole the pile that a, a self-employed person can have when they come back. And, um, you know, what's the first thing you do? You sit down at your desk, and I can almost guarantee the first thing you do is check your email. And my yeah, that's pretty uh, pretty bang on, Andrew. Yeah, right. The, the, the first, my question is: Is that really the most important thing to do? And not only will you check it, the chances are you will respond to some emails that aren't even that important because they're yep, the top of the list. That's true, right? And so, typically, you know, what happens is we we just jump into the pile. We we'll either take the first thing on the top of the list, or we'll check our email and do a little uh, a few ineffective things. And seriously, every one of us knows. Every listener is going, yeah, I know what I should do, right? What I should do is, is prioritize. And, you know, Stuart, we've talked before about the 80-20 rule. And what's the premise of the 80-20 rule? 
20% uh, or 80% of your revenue comes from 20% of your activities or vice versa? Yeah, so uh, 80% of your revenue and, and results in any area come from 20% of your activity, and the other 80%, uh, the 80% of your effort really results in just a small 20%. Now, it's not exactly 80-20, but bottom line is that um, you get a far bigger payoff from some things that you do than from others. And so rarely we, we take the time to step back, sit back and go, okay, what are the items that are going to give me the big payoff? And how are we, how are we going to get those done? Make sure that those ones get done first. I mean, in some ways, it's just, I'd call it focus. You know, it's a different, and the difference between people who have momentum and those who don't is that the people who are, are, that have momentum are doing the things that are important, the things that are moving them forward. And you know, Stuart, what's crazy is you're going to expend a certain amount of time and energy every week anyway. This may, maybe if you're self-employed, you're going to work 50 hours. Who knows? Um, whatever it is. But you're going to put out that time. The question isn't how much time and effort you're going to put out. The question is how far is the time and effort you invest going to take you forward? And well, what I see, Andrew, sometimes in, the, in people I talk to is they spend a majority of their time in those urgent, not important tasks of their business and instead of focusing on those uh, not urgent but important tasks, and that really gets that momentum going. Right. And so, you know, again, for yourself, for anyone listening, imagine that you prioritized your tasks and really, you know, take a look, took a look on a, on a um, weekly basis at what had to be done and then followed through and got those things done. How much more productive could you be? And for most people, it's, it's you know, double, triple, even ten times more productive than they are today. And if they did that... You know, what would happen to their results? How far would the business go? See, the you problem can, is you could easily double your income. Oh, absolutely. Well, we know that because this is you know that one of the premises our program is built on is prioritizing. And I just watch how far people how far people move and how fast when they do the right things. You know, in a way, the fact that we're self-employed is is the greatest curse that we have because you know we're in charge of our own time and we're our own productivity hazard. You know, we just we don't manage ourselves well. We, you know, we like our freedom, and, and we're you know, left to our own devices. We don't stay focused. Um, so, I guess it's a pretty good uh, assumption to make, Andrew. And you know, some of the if you look at the top CEOs of you know Fortune 1000, Fortune 500 companies, they're probably not spending all their time doing email. They probably have somebody that you know reviews their emails and filters out all the the, the not important stuff and allows them you know give them the two or three emails that are important to take care of. I know for a fact that a guy like Steve Ballmer, for example doesn't check his own email. He has people that do that for him and filters out all the, you know, the simple requests that they can handle and really let that go through to him, the stuff that you know, needs his attention and allows him to focus on the deals that make or break Microsoft. And the same thing can go for us small business owners. If any task that you can pay somebody 15 or $20 an hour for, you've got to review it. Would you pay, what, what do you value your time at? Would you pay somebody $100 an hour to photocopy papers? Absolutely, and you know what? Um, as I get exposed to more and more of you know really highly successful business people, you talked about Steve Ballmer and the people that are you know CEOs, executives that are earning you know a million dollars a year uh, in salary plus their options and so on. One thing's really clear to me: they block their time. They are absolutely ruthless about their time, and I'll be honest with you, Stuart. They they are so diligent and they press themselves so hard. I don't actually want to go there. To me, 
I'm not the kind of person that can have that uh, amount of focus ever. It, it would just, it, it, I wouldn't be having a life, and I'm not quite sure that, you know, sometimes I wonder whether they are. But, um, you know, that's, that's the really, really high level. But I'm talking now for us that are, are self-employed and, and small business owners, um, you know, you don't have to structure every minute of every day. Even if you just identify what your top three priorities are every day, so, you know, at the beginning of the day, sit, sit down and go, okay, what are the three most important things to get done on, uh, today and, and, um, and again for the week, which, is, of course, you know, we do in our program. Even if you do that and then you're, you spend even a little bit more time focusing on those than you are now, your, your results will accelerate dramatically. So you don't have to be incredible. You know, we had a, um, a fellow in our, pro- in our program who is a, a CPA in North Carolina. He's got four other CPAs working for him, plus an administrative person. And he joined our program because he'd been in business for 25 years and has continued his program, or his business had grown, his revenues had grown every year, and then he'd been at a plateau for five years. And he was, tr- he was trying to break through and get to the next level. And um, so he joined our program and started using the tools, and the biggest thing for him was prioritizing and identifying what are the most important tasks for me to work on and working only on those? His business exploded. His revenues in, increased 30%. He had the best year he'd ever had just immediately after joining the program. And he told me that, that prioritizing his time and, and being diligent about following through on his priorities is the single most valuable practice that he's ever implemented. And then delegating those tasks that can be delegated as well, I'm assuming. Um, absolutely. There, you know, that's a big part of prioritizing is, is where is the best use of my time. And oftentimes there's things that need to be done that you, you can delegate. And delegating isn't an either-or thing either. It, one of the things I find with my personal assistant is that I can, I can have her do 80% of a task. You know, I look at something I say, well, she can't do that. But there's large chunks of it that she can't. And so if I can delegate her those pieces even of the research or the, the background or the, the foundational pieces, and then I can step forward instead of, um, instead of spending two hours on it, I might be able to do it in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And another example is with my newsletter that I write every month. Um, I don't actually write that. I sit down with a writer, and I tell her everything I want in it. She does a draft of it. And in some ways, you know, she's not even close, but it cuts the time that it, requires, it takes me to modify what she's written and get it to say what I really did want to say um, in, instead of spending two and a half hours on a newsletter now I can do it in half an hour to an hour well exactly and I mean I get, I get questioned every every day Andrew from people that in the in that I socialize with in the IT community is Stuart how do you manage to do all this stuff you must be like working 18 hours a day and the secret is Andrew you just hit on it is for example if I'm doing a news release so we're drafting a news release right now on our Microsoft security competency I just kind of bullet point the ideas that I want and give it to my executive, uh, my assistant, and then Judy takes care of a majority of that stuff and sends it back to me to make sure we're on the right track. I'm coming up with the ideas, she fi- and she fine-tunes it. So it's back to the old 80-20 rule. I get well, 20% of the work, she does, she does 80%, and we've got a finished product that works, like, that looks fantastic. And that's just, you know, that's, delegating is just one part of the, of the prioritizing. But for, for people that are listening, this is, a, this is absolutely, absolutely huge. For you to identify what are the things that are going to give you the big payoff. What are the, not the things you want to do, not the things that are urgent or people are pressing you on, but what are the things that are going to give you the big payoff, and then you make damn sure that you work on every one of those and get those done, and you will just be astonished at how far you move forward. 
So once we get our prioritizing all sorted out, Andrew, what do we do next? Okay, so that's the first accelerator. Second accelerator, um, well, here, let's just uh, look at this. I'm sure most of the people listening have uh, you know, uh, listened to success talks, uh, um, some, of the, some of the motivational speakers, read books on goal setting, all that kind of stuff. And there's one thing that every, everyone tells you is the crucial first step, that if you don't know this, you will never, ever achieve success. And um, the one thing that comes out in, from all these people is you've got to have a vision where you're going. You've got to know what you want. Isn't that right, Stuart? Absolutely. Yep. And, yeah, and yet when I'm in a room, sometimes I'll be in a room of a 50 or 100 or 200 people, and I'll say, so I would just want to check, let's do a little test here. How many of you in this room are 100% clear about where you're going and steps along the way? Because that's what you know, we're told we need to know. And you know, maybe 5 or 10% of the people hold up their hands and say, how many don't really know where you're headed? And 80% or more hold up their hands. So um, everybody says you have to have this vision, and yet if, if you don't know where you're going, how can you move forward? And um, so the second accelerator is, is a really crucial one because it's been my experience and belief that, and, that you don't need to know where you're going in order to get there. There's actually only one thing you need to know, and that's your next step. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, Stuart, imagine that you were a mountain climber, and you know you were really looking forward to climbing a mountain. You'd been preparing and so on. You, you take your holidays. You go out to the, there with all your gear. You get there, and the whole mountain's completely fogged in. You can't see anything from the bottom to the top. You know the mountain's there, but you really couldn't tell if you didn't know. That's right, yeah. Is it possible for you to climb that mountain? Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's not like you sit at the bottom and go, okay, I've got to wait for the fog to clear before I can move up. You could climb the mountain, and how would you do it? One step at a time. Right, you just take one step, you take the next step, and then from there, of course, you can see a little bit further now, and you can see the step in front of you, and as long as you're going up, you know you're headed in the right direction. And people think they have to know a, have a clear picture of their vision before they can st- get into action, and they waste their time goal setting and, and trying to get more more clear on what their vision is instead of just, you know, for everyone listening, just ask yourself, what's one thing I could do this week that would move me forward towards my long-term vision? And the answer will always come. There's, I'm not saying the, the only thing. I'm saying one thing you could do. For example, when you, when you get to your long-term vision, there's a pretty good chance you're going to want to be healthy, pain-free, energetic, and so on. Well, if that's true, there's probably something you could do this week that would make sure that you're increasing and improving your health or maintaining it so that when you get there, you're healthy. It, it's simply about asking yourself, what's the next step? And if you have a sense of direction, and I've, I've discovered that all of us have a sense of direction, we're all wanting to climb and improve and grow our businesses, then what's one thing that I could do this week that would move my business forward, regardless of exactly what the vision looks like, just to keep, you know, to keep moving forward? And I, you know, I mentioned earlier on that uh, you know, I flew across the Rocky Mountains on a hang glider. You know, typically, I was actually, um, for those that are familiar with British Columbia, Alberta, we were, I was, we were flying up and down the, the uh, western range of the, of the Rockies. Uh, I was, we were flying from a place called Invermere, uh, Fairmont Hot Springs area. We'd, we'd always fly north and south along the range, along the side of the range. And we, every, you know, we were, I was hanging out with the best pilots in the world, and I was a full-time competitive pilot. And we kept looking back over towards the other side of the Rockies, towards Calgary, and there's just this immense sea of peaks. 
And, of course, we'd always dream about the possibility of flying across there. But, you know, it really did seem like a pipe dream. And then one day, I just got, we just had a fantastic day. The weather was perfect. And I looked over there, and I went, okay, I know I have a sense of direction. I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there. I don't know if I want to go to Lake Louise or Calgary or Banff or what, but I know I want to go that direction. And I just turned my hand glider, and I started going. And I can tell you what, Stuart, when I t- um, headed over there, Lake Louise was about 70 miles away, and it was just like 70 miles of mountains. I didn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about what kind of beer I was going to order in my celebration when I got to Lake Louise. I was thinking about surviving one peak at a time. I mean, it really was survival. I was in the wilderness. I was in the middle of the Rocky Mountains when there was no road someplace, sometimes 20, 30 miles away. And, uh, you know, I was, I was going for a life and death experience, and I was doing it one step at a time. Every moment was just about, how can I maximize the lift? Where's the next lift? Where's the next peak? And next thing you know, I popped out on the other side of the Rockies. I was as astonished when I got there. And we can do that in our businesses, just going forward one step at a time. And I think, you know, the problem is people get so caught up in their dreams and they're worrying about, you know, the grandiose dream, they, and they don't take the steps, and they wonder why they don't get there. Well, it's, I, I wrote an article once, Andrew, along the same lines of, um, and I kind of put it in, you know, everyday terms, is say downtown Calgary was socked in with fog, which happens uh, in this time of the year when the weather, the temperatures change. I still know where my, i got to start at my house, and I still know where my office is downtown. i got to put the car in the direction that I need to travel, and... As I get closer to downtown, the outlines of the buildings start showing up, and then when I'm around the corner, I can actually see. Hey, I can see the office tower. But if I didn't see, if I just stayed at home, said, well, I guess downtown is not there because I can't see it. I never would move forward. I would never get there. Absolutely. Same, same type of same type of idea. So, so, so I mean, the accelerator and, and for so taking that first step is critically important to success in anything that we do. Right, so, so the, the um, accelerator for people that are making notes and wanting to get the seven accelerators that we're going to talk about, the second accelerator is take the next step or focus on the next step. You don't need to know exactly where you're going. Simply choose one step that will move you forward and take action on it. And, um, all, and just a note, all goals, no matter how grand your plan is, every single goal you ever achieve is accomplished one small step at a time. Great, and that's and that's, that's a very important uh, accelerator. If, if if that's one thing you take out of this whole talk, that was one of the the critical ones that I have found, and even when I attended the live session. Well, you know, so it, it, it doesn't go ahead, have Andrew, to be. Sorry? It doesn't have to be the perfect step either. That's, I think people get caught up in well, what's the right step to take? Just any step is better than none. Step in the right direction. That's what I say. Yeah, exactly. So number, uh, accelerator number three, Andrew, we've got about uh, 28 minutes left. Oh, we're doing fine. Yeah. We're doing perfect. Uh, what's, uh, what's accelerator number three? I think it has something to do with uh, you know, trying something new or stepping out of the, out of our, uh, well, stepping out of the box, one. right? This is an interesting one. So, um, again, for people on the call, why don't you just take a moment and scan your to-do list or think, you know, reflect for a moment and identify one task that you, you're either putting off or avoiding doing. Something that you've been dragging, dragging on for a long, long time. And as soon as I say that, for most people, something will come to mind. It's like, okay, here's what I've been not doing, I've, I've been avoiding doing, and, and so on. And so it's almost like there's two people inside of us. There's one part of us and one person that knows we need to do this, and there's another part of us that's putting the brakes on and saying, you know, no. 
And um, here, here's the accelerator and here's the lesson. There is a huge, huge price that we pay for procrastinating. And my mentor, T. Harvecker, when I worked with him, he used to say it this way. When you do what's hard, life becomes easy. And when you do what's easy, life very quickly becomes hard. Now, you've got to think about that for a moment. Usually the reason we're resisting and avoiding doing something is because it's actually there's some unpleasantness, there's some effort or emotional challenge with it or whatever. And so we avoid confronting those things, and it's like we're walking through life and we're going around these obstacles, but we never actually clear them, so we're still tied to them. So we end up walking, you know, we may get past them, but there's a rope back to the obstacle behind us. And until you clean those things up, you're totally, totally stuck. This is the one thing that will make the, the biggest difference. It's the fastest accelerator, for sure. It'll get people moving forward faster than anything. Uh, prioritizing is great, but doing what's hard is just huge. Um, if you confront the things, just to catch yourself, first of all, resisting things and, and get yourself in the habit of uh, noticing that resistance and then doing what, doing act, taking action on it right away. And, um, I mean, I hear so many, so many stories. And as you know, Stuart, we do this every week in our program. We say, what's one thing you're avoiding? Get rid of it. And it, it may be um, a communication. Maybe you haven't... Um, Told, uh, told somebody something that's important that you know, kind of is weighing on you. Maybe you haven't ended a relationship with a person you really, you're, you feel like you're done with them, but you, know, you can't, can't bring, it up, bring it up and say them. Or if you've got staff, um, what I find is, is people have the hardest time firing people and you know, letting them go. You know, I'm, I'm a, uh, a fan of the NHL. Make them a free agent, right? You know, if they're, um, if they're not... If it's not working for you and they're not the right employee for you, then you can be sure that they're not getting as much as they could either. You're kind of holding them back. So let them go. So, um, you know, it's amazing how we hold on to these things. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, but just notice what you're resisting. And I've developed this habit. I know you have too, Stuart. Anytime I notice something that I'm resisting and I'm just kind of putting off and not wanting to get to, um, you know, I act on it right away. We had a member in our program the other day who um, their credit card um, credit card bounced um, at the, uh, on the 1st of December and I and you know, it was a person that it's just a person I don't particularly enjoy dealing with as a coach I love having great relationships with our members and, and supporting them to succeed and this is a person who's been a little bit difficult recently and a little bit unavailable and um, I you know it would just be so my assistant gave me the information that his, his credit card wasn't going through and it, it was so easy to put it aside and I, I, I found myself putting it down on my desk and then went, no, I'm going to phone him right now, not later today. And I actually put off what I was going to do in order to get that phone call done. It got handled, and there's a freedom that comes with that. Yeah, well, you have to do things that are hard in order to uh, to move forward. I mean, that's, I think that's the message I'm getting here. Is, and what I've learned from, from you over the last year, Andrew, is I, when I sit down my desk and I think, okay, that looks a little hard I know that okay. That's what I got to do then. All the easy stuff I can do later. I got to focus on that that one thing. If it's firing a client or making a difficult uh, phone call to a to a vendor or whatever it is, I got I have to do that now, or it will never get take, uh, taken care of. I was a I was your classic runaway type guy. I used to run away from everything, and it, and it never really served me well until I learned that I need to do what's hard in order to get to the next level. And, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with another uh, accelerator they have about 
uh, stretching our comfort zones. It does yes, not. It is hand. They, they do go hand in hand, um, but they are also a little different. So let's talk about this fourth. Uh, that was the third accelerator. Is do what's hard. Um, so the fourth accelerator is a little bit um, close to it. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh, when I was first um, started my coaching business, I was struggling with revenues. I heard a, about a coach who had a new business model, and, and uh, um, he was going to do a conference call, kind of like this podcast that we're doing now 10 years later. But um, he, he had a, a business model, and he was doing this conference call and, um, and telling people about how he did it. And I listened in on it, and, and he has, was earning half a million dollars a year as a coach, which wasn't anywhere near what I was earning back then. And um, you know, I liked his business model, and I said to him, um, you know, I want to hire you as a coach. So it was $700 a month, which seemed like a lot of money at the time. Um, but I hired him, and, and the, the, the business model was about building um, small mastermind groups of people that would um, be able to, um, all in the same industry. Actually, interestingly, I chose the IT business. So I was, I was working with presidents of small uh, network integration companies that installed Nofil and Microsoft uh, networks for small business and employed less than 10 people. And so... Um, we decided that you know creating this, these mastermind groups was his business model, and I went, I can do that. So he said, okay, well, who are you going to work with? And um, I'd worked quite a bit with sales managers and, and service managers in my previous job in sales, and I said, well, I think I'd like to work maybe with, with you know, sales and service managers of these small IT companies. And he just, he, he really stopped me in my tracks. He said, Andrew, you got to be kidding. We're talking about companies that have less than 10 people. Why wouldn't you work with the company president? And I'll tell you the answer, Stuart, is because I was terrified of working with, with company presidents. I was intimidated by people who were highly successful. And uh, anybody that had president after their name, even if they only had one person working for them or themselves, it still intimidated me. And he challenged me to phone company presidents instead of just kind of doing the cop-out thing and, and working with sales managers and, um, and sales managers. And it was really, really uncomfortable. It was a big stretch for me. But I you know, made a few phone calls to IT companies and started talking to the presidents and discovered they really liked what I was proposing to them. And eventually I, I created a, a, a series of mastermind groups for small IT companies that um, I earned over half a million dollars over a period of five years from doing that. And I never would have had, I'm sure, not even a quarter of that success if I would have uh, stuck with working with the service managers and the sales managers. I couldn't have charged as much. I wouldn't have learned as much. The group wouldn't have got as much value. And in the process of doing this, Stuart, I overcame my fear of working with powerful people. How could I have ever coached somebody like Harv Ecker, a multimillionaire, and some of the other millionaires I've worked with as a coach if I was afraid to talk to a company president? So I, not only did I earn a half a million dollars, I made a big breakthrough. And how did I do that? It was so, it was so much um, stretching my comfort zone. So it's different than doing what's hard. Doing what's hard is a, is a decision in the moment. Stretching your comfort zone is going into whole, just expanding yourself into new territory. It's a little different. But if you stay within your existing comfort zone, you'll, just, you'll never get there. I mean, I, um, think of somebody that you know hopefully not you, that's not moving forward very fast but working really hard in their business. Yeah, you can think of a number of people. Right. If you think of that, I can guarantee they're not stretching their comfort zone. Well, I look at it uh, this way, Andrew. For the, for the, especially for the, the new people that are just starting a new business here listening to our program, 
today is you're probably a really, really good IT technician. You know all the ins and outs of Windows servers and, and networks and firewalls. You, you can be the best technician in the world. You need to step out of your comfort zone of being a technician if you really want to grow your business, and maybe that's learning how to sell or learning how to market. And that's where I find a lot of IT uh, companies fall flat is they never stretch that comfort zone to learn how to market their business or learn how to sell. They they see it as maybe forbidden-type activities because they may have some reason that a salesperson has done something that upset them in the past or or they see it as, uh, you know, the, the cheesy, you know, slick hair, the shiny shoes-type people. But, however, if the real successful IT professionals and IT companies have stretched that comfort zone so they know what you know sales is about know how to market their business uh that's the way I can kind of relate back to you know what we're talking about today is you know in order to get successful in the IT business you maybe need to stretch your 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 zone of comfort your comfort zone there and learn marketing learn sales or maybe even learn a new product line that you have nothing about that may be taking off in in the industry and you're kind of set a little bit back uh in a pack there I, I learned an old saying once, Sandra, and it kind of relates to this a little bit, is um, the same walls that protect you uh, stop your growth. And it's oh, kind of along the same lines, don't you think? Absolutely. You've got to get outside of that box, that, 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 that the walls that you're talking about. And um, you're, it's interesting you're talking about marketing because for most um, entrepreneurs, see, um, you know, this is true, I'm sure. Well, I've worked with many IT people, so I know it's true of them, and it's true of me as a coach as well. I'm a technician. I love doing what, I'm, what I do, and my vision, my goal is to help people. All I'm really interested in is finding ways to help them become more successful and achieve their goals. The, you know, I resist marketing. You know, even though I was in sales for many years, I was a, quite a non-traditional salesman, very conservative. And um, never one of those rah-rah, big promises step out there. I'll tell you what I run a I you know run my company ProCoach. We need to have new people coming into our program just in order for the company to survive. And um, the marketing and sales element is the scariest part, especially when it's about you know you're standing up and saying, "Here's what I can do for you." We've been so trained and conditioned not to um, to boast about ourselves or, or you know uh, make ourselves seen um, and. We, you need to do that to succeed in your business. But my marketing coach says to me, um, every time I write a, a marketing letter or, or some kind of campaign or do a, um, a flyer or something, I show it to him and, and he says, well, how do you feel about that, Andrew? And the, when I first started, I'd say, I, I feel pretty good. And he'd, he'd say, well, then, that won't sell anything. Basically, every letter I write, if it, if it doesn't make me feel my, my heart race, with fear when I send it out because it's so bold and so aggressive in, in my technical little mind, it's not going to work. It's too benign. And, you know, start looking around at the companies that succeed. It's all about marketing, whether you like it or not. Um, you know, much as I'm impressed with Microsoft as, as a company in growth, um, I'm not, a, not that convinced that they have the world's greatest technology. They certainly didn't when they got started, but they had a great company, or they had a great marketing strategy, and they were able to build themselves into what they are today. Well, we were just talking this morning, Andrew, about Dell and their entry into the small business space. Is Dell is a great marketing company that just happens to sell computers. Yeah. Plain and simple, that's what they are. They're a marketing company that sells computers. 
and and we have that in you know you look around and see that so if if you're a small uh, small IT company owner and you want more you know you definitely got to market more effectively and for most it's way way outside the comfort zone if you're not expanding your comfort zone you're not growing period if you want to get the same things you're getting today then then stay in your comfort zone if you want anything different in any area of your life i mean if you want to be more fit you're going to have to you know expand your comfort zone and hire a personal trainer or uh, join a gym or whatever all of these things are uncomfortable for us absolutely so next uh, the next accelerator that's very uh, close to me is I'm a. I like to sharpen my saw, as uh, yeah. you know. As uh, I think it's uh, Stephen Covey. Yeah. Jim Collins said that, right? Uh, Stephen Covey was the one I think it started with uh, Seven Habits of the Highly Effective People back. In yeah, the- that's right, Stephen Covey. Yeah. So yeah. you have accelerator number five was become a learner, and uh, I think this is very critical to any success in any organization. Is you have to focus on learning, and it kind of goes hand in hand with. Uh, Stretching the comfort zone and doing what's hard, because a lot of us don't want to learn new things because it's hard. Right. Well, you know, um, in order to be successful, you need to learn new things. And I'm sure that, you know, as as IT people, uh, technology is moving so quickly, you know that there's always something you have to be learning, and you enjoy learning it. And, um, you know, the chances are if you're listening to this call, you're a person who loves to learn anyway, and you like to learn that new technology and so on. Um, however, there's more than just knowing your your business technically. There's also business principles that you have to know, and um, six, uh, what I call success principles. There's there's a million things you could learn, so we could spend our whole lives learning. Uh, it's important not just to learn and, and be a learner, but also to learn the right things. So that the um, the fifth accelerator, fifth, fifth accelerator is become a learner, but it's really not just about being a learner. It's about learning the right things, the things that are going to take you forward, um, the skills that, that will help you achieve what you want. I'll give you an example. Recently, as our company's been growing, I've had to do some hiring and uh, in build, build a team. Stuart, I've been a solopreneur for, you know, basically on my own forever since I was even in sales, working on my own. The idea of hiring people and managing them effectively, I haven't got a clue how to do that. And the first couple of people I hired, it just didn't work out at all. And then I started studying and learning some of the principles. I went, oh, so this is how you do it. You know, and I hired some, some good consultants to help me, and I just made note of everything they did. And now I actually am pretty strong at hiring, and, and our team is coming along fine just because of that. So, um, I, you know, everyone listening to this call has an area of weakness, an area that you need to know more, not because you're interested in it, but because it's going to serve you in moving forward. You've got to constantly be learning in the right areas in order to accelerate. There's just no question. And as you know, Stuart, in our program, um, it's a three-year coaching program, and we focus on teaching 12 really crucial success principles. We call them the 12 success factors. And you know, I know you've been working on one. We'll, we'll just share right now what one is. It's just the repeat of, of accelerator number one, the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, we work on learning at a much, much deeper level than just going, oh, yeah, that's a good idea, but how can you practice it, understanding and catching yourself, not using it, and so on. And um, that's about learning. So we've got these 12 principles. You have to know these 12 principles in order to grow your business and be successful. And unless you learn you know, these or 
you learn the things that are are stopping you, you're you're going to never break out. So it's just about le- becoming a learner, taking the time to take the courses, uh, read the books, and and so on. And it's, and it's critical. I mean, I, I have CDs in the car, and I read the books, and and learn new things all the time. And I mean, just it's one of those things you you need to need to focus on uh, in order to uh, get you to the next level. So Andrew, we got about ten minutes left. Let's hit the next, uh, the last two here. Well, the last, and the next one's going to be really quick and, and easy. Accelerator number six is is absolutely incredibly powerful, but it's extremely simple. And um, you know, I think people probably realize that in order to, to be successful as an entrepreneur and in their own self-directed business, it takes a lot of energy to be successful. And this is the one accelerator that, that releases the most energy, frees up the most energy in you. And uh, probably the best way to get people into it is to think about, you know, have, think about your life and, and bring to mind your list of incomplete tasks that you've got, things that you've been meaning to do, uh, all of the, what I call cleanups, the uh, messes, that your untidy car or desk that's piled up or your closet or garage or uh, the construction zone that's going on in your house or whatever. Um, uh, so there's cleanups, there's completions, which is things you've been uh, started uh, and meaning to finish or not even started yet but meaning to do like you know reading those magazines or listening to the recording of something uh, email things unfinished emails photo albums all those kind of things and then there's deletions things to let go of uh, my experience is we tend to hold on longer than necessary so this this success factor is I call it cleanups completions and deletions and it really is scrub the space in your life get rid of all of the dead wood just Get on with finishing all those unfinished tasks. Either get rid of them, de- delegate them, or do them. And, so I mean, when you just look at your closet, for example, I mean, I can look at mine any time of the any day of the week, and you know, I got I got a clutter with old you know, shirts and and pants that I probably never even wear anymore. And you know, in order to make room to get maybe new stuff, I got to get rid of the old stuff because, or you just keep squishing it in. And you know what? If that if that's like your life, you just keep squishing things into your life. And you can never make room for anything new, to, or or pay proper attention to those important things. So those completing other tasks down. and getting them, you know, done and getting them out of the way, just really frees up you to do other things. And they suck your energy. They suck your energy out of you. Every time you look at something that you've been meaning to do, it's been completed. It, it sucks your energy. And every time you complete something, it gives you energy. We're actually, we've actually been doing a thing this week with our members. We call it the Completion Buster. And um, each of our members identifies 25 individual tasks that they want to complete, unfinished things they're going to complete in a week. We talk on the phone every day. So today's our fifth day of of doing this, um, finishing off the week. And the energy, the call this morning, that people are bouncing off the walls with the energy that they've got from completing now over 20 tasks already because we're doing five a day. Um, It's just amazing. So anyway... um, that's an accelerator in that if you don't do it, all of those things that are incomplete drag you back and prevent you from being able to move forward and get get on with the things you need to get on with. Yeah, so clean up that mess on your desk, uh, in your garage, maybe your to-do list and your in your in your Outlook. Uh, dump it, delegate it, or just do it and get it out of the way and and, allow, and get that energy back to uh, tackle new uh, tasks or go after those big deals that you've been um, after. So, Andrew, we got all the completions done. We got all this other stuff done. Hey, you know what? We just scored a goal, but we're nowhere near the Stanley Cup yet. One thing I notice is every time the Canucks score or the Flames score, hey, they celebrate it. How many right. people out there don't celebrate the simple achievements? 
Well, you know, it, it's because we're so goal-driven uh, and, 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 and progress-oriented, Stuart, that even, you know, whenever we get a win, you and I, because we, are, we know it's a step forward to where we're going, but we're not where we want to get to yet. And so, you know, we just get focused on the next step and buckle down, and, and we go from one thing to the next, and we forget to take a look back and see how far we've come. And so, um, you know, the seventh accelerator, and this is really a crucial one. To, it sounds simple, but you can't underestimate it, is, is celebrate progress. And um, just take a look at how far you've come. And so one of the things we have our members do is every week, and you can do this every day as well, but just every week at the end of the week, write down the accomplishments that you've made that week, how the things that are progress, things that are successes. And at the end of the year, um, actually in, in our program we do it every quarter and, and at the end of the year as well, you, so many things are successes. When you start writing them down, you've completely forgotten about them. And see, what the reason it's important, Stuart, is that every time you have a success, if you acknowledge it, if you actually let it in and pay attention, it builds your confidence. And confidence is totally crucial for those of us that are out there being entrepreneurial, working on our own. Getting that inner confidence that we actually are on track and that we're making some progress is huge. And so um, celebrating progress is, is just you know, patting yourself on the back for what you've done before you move on to the next thing. And what most people do, I'll give you an example of, uh, of a golf game. When I first started playing golf, which was many years ago, um, my biggest thing, you know, I was shooting 115, 110, you know, I was lucky to get it, in, get it down the fairway. And um, so I just, it would be, I figured it would be the most amazing thing ever to shoot 100. Well, after practicing a little bit, taking a few lessons, playing for a little while, I was getting down to 103, 104. What do you think I did? Sure enough. Mm, you just kept, you, um, you celebrated getting down to where you, 103, I did. 104. I didn't, Stuart. This and you was, didn't. This was back when, instead, not, not only did I not celebrate getting to 103, 104, which was huge progress over where I'd been, I changed my goal. Instead of going for 100, I said, oh, 100 is going to be easy. I'm almost so you, there. So you, you, you set your goal even higher. I moved the goal post, and I, not, not only did I not get, give myself a pat on the back when I shot 103, I didn't even give myself a pat on the back when I shot 100 because I hadn't hit 95 yet. And, and so I never got the win. So the... the um, the rule here is always take time to acknowledge and celebrate your success every day, every week, um, every year for sure. Write down the things that have happened for you that year. It reinforces that you are successful. You're becoming more and more successful. You'll miss the momentum if you don't measure it. You know, that makes so much sense, Andrew. And I think a lot of us in the uh, small business IT world, we don't do that. It's one of those things we just keep well, living our lives and going after you know, the next thing, and we lose focus and we never celebrate the uh, the small little wins if it's a brand new client or a successful implementation of a small business server or whatever it is. We just don't celebrate those achievements. And you know, if you have a company or um, when you when you make a sale or whatever, take your staff out for dinner. Have a you know at Xerox we used to have a bell in the office that we'd ring if we sold a sale over fifty thousand dollars. You, you, find ways to celebrate everything as a team and yourself individually, especially yourself. Catch yourself doing something right. It's, it's, it's really amazing. So that's the seventh accelerator. You do all of those seven accelerators, or you do any one of those seven success accelerators, actually, and you'll start to move you forward faster than you're going today. And if you do all seven, the results are exponential, and that's what you've seen in our program, I know, Stuart. But it's been, you know, Andrew, it's only been 13 months, and it's been wonderful. So 
uh, a great testimonial to you know the journey I've had over the last uh, over the last 13 months. So you have, Andrew, you have a special offer for our listeners today that uh, you know after they listen to the show or you know well, top of the hour comes up, and they want to get more information. What 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 do we have that our, our listeners can you know get some more information from you on? Well, I do have a special offer. First of all, I'll tell you about just how to find us, uh, uh, our website. Um, our website is Pro Coach System, P-R-O-C-O-A-C-H, System, singular system, S-Y-S-T-E-M, dot com. You can go there. You can read about our pro coaching program. You can sign up to get my newsletter on a regular basis. Our pro coaching program is North America wide, but we do live seminars every quarter in Alberta, in uh, the Vancouver area, and in the, in the greater Seattle area. So if you're in those areas, you can come to our live events, and I quite frequently speak in all those cities. And then uh, we also do a, what we call a global program for members who are outside of, you know, we've got members all across North America that are in, in our program and, and using our system to keep themselves on track. So uh, you can go to the website. But, um, of course, I'm like other people, I'm building a bit of a database, and I, I'd like to um, connect with people and also to provide value. I really love supporting people to be more successful. And a few years ago, I co-wrote a book with um, uh, some other coach friends of mine who are very, very successful coaches on how to build a mastermind group. And, you know, Stuart, having a mastermind group is one of the ways to make sure you keep learning and keep doing what's hard as well. Um, it's just so powerful. And ever since Think and Grow Rich, when, um, when Napoleon Hill talked about the power of mastermind groups, everybody wants to create one. But what I've discovered is that very few people know how to create a good one, and even more importantly, how to make it work and keep it working. Usually after a while, they fall apart. And I was in a very, very successful mastermind group for years. And um, so we, the people in that group wrote this book, a 60-page book. It's called The, Mas- the Magic of the Mastermind. It's an e-book which sells online for $50, uh, well, for $49 U.S., which is uh, less in Canada than it used to be before. But um, um, anyway, so it's a $50 book, and um, I would like to gift that to anybody who wants it. And all I'm going to ask is that they send me um, some information. So the email to send it, just email me information um, to admin at procoachsystem.com. And all I want is your name. The city or country where ideally the city that you live in, um, and your phone number, and uh, just say um, please send me the ebook, and I'll send you this. Ma- it's an incredible book on how to build a, a mastermind group that really works. So a couple of things: we have a very rigid privacy policy. Uh, we'll never share your information with anyone. We're not going to call you. We just got the phone number because then if the email doesn't work, we know how to reach you to um, to get the information out to you. And um, so send us your name. Your, your city that you're in and your phone number, and we will send that ebook back to the email address that you. Uh, Great, thank you very much, Andrew. We're out of time. That's the, the music coming up at the end of the show That's here. Perfect. Time. Thank you very much thank for you your time. Much. Again, take Andrew up on his offer. I highly recommend it. Join us next week at 10 a.m. Mountain Time when we join. We're joined by Rick White of Afterburner, where we talk about uh, tax saturation and the importance of planning and debriefing in our small business practice. Once again, thank you very much, Andrew, and we will. Uh, Look forward to seeing you in the new year when you come back through Alberta. You bet. Thank you. Have a great uh, week, everybody, and we'll talk to you all next week.